0: They seek him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven, is he in hell? That damned elusive
1: Pimpinell. Presenting Marius Goring, star of the motion picture Red Shoes, have Baroness Oxy's immortal character, the Scarlet Pimpinell. Now, the adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney.
0: The worst excesses of the terror were over. The Madame Naguettin's appetite seemed to have been satisfied for the time being. The stream of refugees had dwindled to a trickle. Our escape route from Paris to the coast was functioning smoothly. And with no justifiable excuse for being in France, Tony Dewhurst and I were killing time in London. Well, let's go back to Paris. I had a feeling that was coming. Oh, when do we start? We don't. Why not? Because we're not needed there. Stop. Our last message from Andrew Fuchs was that he, Harding and Hastings, had the situation under complete control. We'd be in the way. Fiddlesticks! It's true, and you know it. Besides, only a fool enters a lion's den without good reason. Oh, then let's be fools for one. I'm sorry, but... No. Not me. We can go quietly. We needn't get ourselves involved in anything. That's a contradiction in terms. It's impossible to be in Paris without becoming involved in things. Well, even so... I he... don't need to remind you, Tony. The League of the Scarlet Pimpernel is not an organization for the relief of balls. Oh, I know that. But this lull won't last forever. We'll be needed again, and soon you may depend. Meanwhile, we languish here of ennui. Meanwhile, like responsible adults, we avoid unnecessary chances and dangers. So that when the call does come, we'll be here and in one piece to answer it. In other words, we don't return to Paris... Till we have a reason. Exactly. And a good one, too. Right. Goodbye, Blackie. Going so soon? Yes. Why? To find a good reason, of course. (laughs) Uh. Knowing Kerry so well, I guessed he'd soon find his good reason. I was right. The same evening, we took supper with an old man who'd been one of the first fugitives from France. But, of course, he did not know our true identity. He was a battle-scarred old general and a loyal supporter of the crown named André Bonani. Uh, you'd better speak up. the old boy's a little hard of hearing. I say, monsieur, it's a good news about your son, huh? <laughs> oh, Armand. Yes, splendid news. I thought he was dead. Yes, yes, i tell you the same. Why don't you tell us the whole story, General? Just as you've told it to me. Uh, I should have been more tolerant. I see that now. Young people are difficult. They have set ideas, strong prejudices. Unshakable belief That's extraordinary <laughs> One should never forbid them to do this or that no, One no. should reason with them There were these friends of his, you see Angry young radicals Political firebrands You know the type I mean? Oh, terrible, yes and Only too well <laughs> I said he must not see them again He refused to obey me There was uh, a scene He walked out of the house And that was the last I ever saw of him But you continued to hear of him, Nada, doubt? Huh? For a little while then, when His Majesty tried to escape and was caught and put into prison, I knew the end had come for people like me, so I fled to England. A month later, I heard Armand had been killed in street fighting. And now, after four years, you learn he's alive. Yes, monsieur. Ah, oh, and he's still in the France, Tony says? What can he be doing? I cannot say He was seen for only a minute, you understand, by an old servant of mine. Uh, I suppose you're quite sure it was your servant. Oh, none at all. He admitted his identity, but he would say no more. He, not even a message for me. The general thinks if he can be found, he he may be persuaded to come to England. Isn't that so, sir? He is all I have. Besides, I am an old man now. I shall not live many more years. If he would come back, he would be my heir. He's hoping someone may be able to find him. Persuade him to come over. I don't see who could do that, but uh whereabouts in France was he seen, General? In Paris, in <laughs> the Place de la République. Oh, Paris is a big city, isn't it? <laughs> He's probably living under the pseudonym. name. Oh, that can be taken for granted. I uh, yeah, have you a picture of him, one of them like that. Only this miniature of him as a small child. Ah, well, that wouldn't help anybody very much would it. He is tall and dark with brown eyes. Ah, so thousands of other young men yes, <laughs> A fine, a bright figure, broad shoulder, sits a horse as if he were born to the saddle. Excellent swordsman and... Oh, yes, yes, I almost forgot. There is one way you can be sure to know him. Oh, uh, I wonder what that could be. He has on his left shoulder a large... Birthmark in the shape of, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, in France. Uh, Strawberry? Yes, 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 Strawberry, yes. If yes. only there was some way I could get word to him. Beg I, his forgiveness. Uh, uh, tell him how uh, uh, unhappy I have been. Uh, <laughs> you must forgive a lonely old man, monsieur. Uh, oh, I quite understand, sir. I, I, <laughs> I don't think there was much chance of your getting any word to him, but I understand how you feel. Oh, what about it, Blakeney? About what? Well, when do we leave? You call this a good reason? Oh, don't you? All right, you win. First thing tomorrow morning. Oh, good. That's the best news I've heard for
2: weeks.
0: (laughs) But such a vague enterprise as seeking the wayward son of a retired general was banished from our minds before we ever reached Paris. Three days later, as we rode towards the outskirts of the city, a peasant lounging by the roadside stepped forward and waved us to stop. Whoa, there! I say, it's Fuchs. Hello, you two. Andrew, it's <laughs> good to see you. What on earth are you doing here in that get-up? Waiting for you, of course. Well, how did you know we were coming? I think you got have message. I must say you've wasted no time. Message? We've had no message. What? Well, it must have cost you on the way. In that case, what are you doing here? Oh, Tony got bored with London. We both got bored with London. Oh, well, thank heaven you've come. Well, anyway. What was this message, Andrew? Something wrong? Everything's wrong. At least a dozen of our sympathizers in Paris have been rounded up and jailed. Harding and Hastings and themselves have had to go cover. What? And the night before last, our headquarters at L'Etoit P were raided. Is this true? That's why I came out of the city to meet you. If you'd gone there as usual, you'd have walked straight into a trap. But how has all this happened? You can blame a man named Martineau for it. Who's he? I've never heard of him. Neither had anyone else till a month ago. But I'll warrant we'll all hear plenty from him from now on. Oh, yeah, yes, but... Who is he? now he's second in command, in charge of counter-espionage. I can tell you, he's been shaking things up. So it seems. He's so deadly efficient, you'd almost think he had the gift of second sight. Mm. The way he's been pelleting things out absolutely uncanny.
2: But how about our agents
0: on the escape route? Mm, he hasn't gone on to them yet, thank goodness. But I'm prepared to wager it'll be just a matter of time. That's why I sent for you. You did the right thing, Andrew. If this man's as dangerous as you say, it's up to us to destroy him before he destroys us. Now, didn't you know anything about him? Mm-hmm. Background, all that? Only the usual cafe gossip. And what's the burden of that? Well, they say he's an orphan. Badly treated as a child. brought out of the gutter. Uh, had his first taste of blood when the mob stormed the Tuileries. And he's been a fanatical Republican ever since. Ooh, looks as though we're going to have an interesting time, Tony. I can hardly wait. Mm-hmm. We'd better not be seen talking too long together. Harvey and Hastings have gone off on a mission to Rouen, But you'll find our new headquarters at an inn called Le Chagro in the Rue du Capucan. Landlord's name, Vola. You can craft him impressively. Good. What about you? I'll make my own way back on foot. Right. See you later, Andrew. Bye. <laughs> The have not exaggerated. Valuable contacts in Paris have been broken and had to be re-established with care. Doors that had been opened to us before were now closed. People on whom we could rely had either disappeared or were too afraid to be of any further use. There seemed only one way to restore the situation. To seek out this man Martineau and to strike hard. Yes, that's all very well, Blakeney, but how's it to be done? Well, I suppose we could set an ambush for him one night. And then what? Well, well, dispose of him. You know we've never worked that way, Andrew. Well, I thought perhaps in the circumstances. As far as we're concerned, there are no circumstances which justify murder. Well, just a suggestion. Hmm? I'm not so sure I don't agree with that. No. All right, all right. Then what are we going to do, eh? Well, first of all, we need to know a good deal more about this fellow. What are his interests and habits, for instance? Who are his friends? How did he spend his spare time? And then? Well, I don't know yet. Well, I can tell you quite a bit about him now, you know. Uh, such as what? He's a bachelor, and he has an apartment in the Rue saint augustin He's on terms of close personal friendship with Chauvelin and two or three other members of the Committee of Public Safety. He um, he goes occasionally to the opera and the theatre, and he usually spends a couple of evenings a week playing chess with cronies of his at a tavern called La Liberté. Why didn't you tell us all this before? Oh, I wasn't asked. Oh. Besides, I didn't think it was particularly important. Not important. So he plays chess at a tavern called La Liberté. Where is the place? Name is vaguely familiar. On the Quai d'Anjou, Guille Saint-Louis. Oh yes, I remember it now. Quite a meeting place for the officers of the National Guard, as I recall. That's so, um, I think we might look in there tomorrow evening, Tony. Uh, suitably disguised, of course. I seem to remember not so long ago, someone remarking that only a fool enters a lion's den. Ah, but you must own, I added, without good reason. <laughs> and in this case, it would seem we have the best of all possible reasons. Of course, my dear Tony, if you'd rather not. Don't stop me if you can. And me. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. Now, but look here. Right. We need someone in reserve in case things go wrong. Oh, yes. But That's look. an order. Why do I always miss all the fun? Anyway, what's your plan? My dear fellow, I haven't the vestige of a plan. I shall be guided entirely by the inspiration of the moment. For two nights, we sat waiting, but there was no sign of Muck, then, about ten o'clock on the third night, the doors opened and two young men came in. One in the uniform of a captain of the guard, the other in civilian clothes. I felt a nudge from Tony's elbow. Here he is now. Sure? Positive. Hmm. I think I begin to understand. Understand what? And the reason for his success. Oh? He's not only clever, but he's also a fanatic. Look at those eyes. Yes, I see what you mean. I thought of man is a bit dangerous to take risks with. Dangerous? Sure, it's idle. <laughs> Martineau's friend called for wine, and for a few minutes they sat and talked. Then a board and chessmen were produced, and they began to play. They were silent now, completely absorbed in the game. I gave them a few minutes, then, glass in hand, I went across and stood watching them.
1: So, willing to sacrifice your pawn, eh? Maybe what our pawn's for, but to be sacrificed. I should have thought you of all people could have found more uses for them. If right. that's the way
2: you
0: want it. There it goes. Your move. Well now. Oh no, 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 no. I should not do that if I were you. What's that? I was saying you should not play the knight. You leave your bishop absolutely exposed. Would you be good enough to mind your own business? Oh, I was only trying to be helpful. But then
1: don't. There. Your move, Chabri. Sorry, my friend. Say goodbye to your bishop. Yeah, I told you that would happen, didn't I? Will
0: you please go away? Well, what you should have done was to move your castle here. I'll show you. Don't away. It is
1: just a matter of- Don't look what you've done. You've spilled your wine all over. Oh, pardon. You great big clumsy oaf! Oh, what's that? I said you great big clumsy off. You interfering fool! I will not be spoken to like that! Let's go back out! Oh! Doing doing oh. oh no, no. i have been insulted! Insulted! Oh! Easy! He called me an oaf, a fool! So you are! You're a blundering Oh, this is too much! I demand satisfaction! What is that? I said I demand satisfaction! I you! are a reasonable citizen! I am oh. sure that my friend did not know it. up this subject. subject! Of course I meant it! So, you demand satisfaction, eh? I do! You shall have it, monsieur. With the greatest of pleasure. Shall we say at dawn tomorrow
0: outside the Port Mayo?
1: In a moment, Marius Goring returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel. as the Scarlet Pimpernel.
0: Daylight was breaking as we met in a clearing in the woods outside the city gates. There were six of us. Martino and myself, our seconds, Tony and Chabrier, a doctor
1: and a referee. This is, I take it, a duel to the finish, gentlemen? Yes. Definitely. Very well. These are the rules. If one of you is disarmed, he is allowed to recover his weapon. If a weapon is broken, it is to be replaced. Agreed? Yes. Agreed. Ready? On guard. Begin.
0: He was good. Very good. Light on his feet, supple in the wrist, sharp-eyed and fast. I was content to bide my time, size him up, probing here and there, looking for any weakness there might be. Five minutes had gone before I found what I was seeking. As his wrist tired, the blade point tended to drop. I fainted in the throat. And as his blade came over, I changed direction and landed his left shoulder. No!
1: Stop! Recover your weapon, monsieur. Very uh, anyway. well. Keep up, Armand. No. no. But you can't hold a sword. It is only a scratch, here.
0: Ready, monsieur? I would prefer not to continue. On guard! Against my will, I had to go back to the attack. Pressing hard. He stumbled and almost fell. He was breathing hard and his guard was dropping lower and lower. Only another moment now for the coup de grâce, and then suddenly. No! no! Drop your
1: sword by I fire! What? Look here! What the? Out with you your hand, doctor. Both of you. This is most irregular, doctor. see the citizen Martinos wound. Certainly. Uh, not, not now. We'll take care of that later. Keep them covered, why
0: I will. Congratulations, citizen. If it is the way you fight all your duels, no wonder you've stayed alive so long.
1: I must say in all my years as a referee, I mean, it's
0: highly improper. Ah, but you see, our friend is a wise man. He believes in being prepared for every
1: eventuality, don't you, Martino? Certainly. When well, my opponent happens to be the Scarlet Pimpernel... What? You mean to say? This gentleman here? Of course. This is absurd. My name is Alphonse Mino, isn't it, Jack? Well, it certainly is absurd. Dear, we are so bright, smart, both of you. Do you think I'm a fool? You think I didn't realize from the start who you were? I can only repeat... I've been I... aware for a week that you were in
0: Paris, Monsieur Pimpernel. I didn't bother to find you out, because I knew that sooner or later you'd seek me out. <laughs> I was right. Now, look, as I I looked... soon as you challenged me last night, I knew who you were. How could you? Because no one but a mad Englishman, no one but you, Monsieur, would court death against the best swordsman in Paris. You suffer from no false modesty. It happens to be true. Not quite. Shall we say the uh, second best? If last night you believed me to be the Pimpernel, which you have still to prove... I'll prove it, all right. Why didn't you have me arrested at once?
1: I've read stories of your skill. I
0: thought it might be amusing to test it for myself. Will it really proviso, of course, that if things went wrong, your friend Chabrier here would come to rescue Exactly. And now? I promised my friend Citizen
1: Chauvelin an interesting interview this morning. He'll be delighted to meet you both, I'm sure. My carriage is at the gate. Shall we go, gentlemen? I think not. Andrew,
0: thank, thank you. Thank you. Well, well, I I I'm, I'm sure you must be tired of holding it. With pleasure. Thanks, your captain. And better search the others just in case. Right. Looks rather like checkmate, doesn't it, citizen Luck, you know? So I wasn't the only one
1: who came prepared.
0: Well, in Rome, my friend. All through, Jerry? Yes. Good. Then let us go. Au revoir, gentlemen.
1: You in this time, Monsieur Pimpernel, but we'll meet
0: again. I hope not. I hope not indeed. A swift counter-stroke by Martineau seemed inevitable, and we waited for it. But the days that followed were as quiet as any could be in such a city as Paris. But almost a week had passed before we learned the reason for it. It was Tony who brought the news. Well, we've seen and heard the last of Citizen Martineau. I hope. Why? Is he dead? That's a bit too much to expect, but he's the next best thing to it. What do you mean, Tony? Well, he's been sent packing by Chauvelin, dismissed with ignominy. Are you sure? Oh, it's true, all right. But and why? why? <laughs> Perhaps Chauvelin got to hear about the duel. Yes, he did. It was the referee, apparently, even though Martino swore into secrecy, couldn't help talking. According to my information, there were a series of angry scenes with Chauvelin and Martino, and ultimately Martino was told to get out and stay out. Well, when was it? see, oh, uh, day before yesterday, I'm told, yes. And what's happened to Martino since? Well, I took a chance on the way home and poked my nose into La Liberté. He was there, all right, drowning his sorrows in wine. Drunk? As a lord. <laughs> if I'm any a judge, he'd been that way for a day at least. Probably ever since his dismissal. <laughs> so exit uh, citizen Martinot, eh? <laughs> you should cross your fingers when you say that, Andrew. Well, I don't imagine we have anything to fear from him now. Let's hope not. But don't forget the old saying, the only good enemies are dead ones. <laughs> and in the days that followed, it certainly seemed as though we had seen the last of Martinot. Without the menace of his relentless and deadly efficiency, we were able to work unimpeded, repairing the habit he had wrought in our organization, restoring the situation to what it had been before. It all seemed well in Paris. I sent Tony to Dieppe and back to check on our escape route, and the news he brought back could not have been better. Well, everything's going as smoothly as clockwork. Splendid. Talk to the various agents. Yes, no complaints, no criticisms of any kind. They all seem perfectly happy. Well, let's hope they stay that way. i meant to that. How's the situation here in Paris? Eh? Couldn't be quieter. Anything special you want done? As far as I'm concerned, there's nothing left to do. You and I may as well go back to London. Now, now wait a minute, Blake. Yes. What's the point of staying here any longer? Well, we still have one piece of unfinished business. Yes. Oh, uh, what's that? Well, the thing we originally came over for, to find old General Bonnet's son. Oh, uh, forgotten all about that. <laughs> you know, Tony, I don't think we've a chance in a million there. Well, perhaps not, but we should at least make some kind of an effort. Sorry. Then, well, then let's set ourselves a try, it. If we don't find him inside a week, we'll give up and return home. Well, if you want to, I suppose you must. you any ideas how you might set about finding well, him? As a matter of fact, I've been thinking. Politically minded, young intellectual, what's that spell? Left bank, of course. I'll begin this evening, eh? But after six days of eating in left bank cafes and drinking in left bank taverns, of mingling with university students and artists, of careful inquiries and guarded questions, Tony was no nearer finding him than when he'd begun. In fact, no one seemed even to have heard of him. On the last evening of the time, Tony had set himself. We returned together early to our headquarters. He went straight to my room. I lit an oil lamp. And as I turned up the wick...
1: Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, No, no, don't call out. And don't reach for anything, or you'll oblige me to shoot.
0: Unless you're a better marksman than a swordsman, I might take a risk on that.
1: Unless you're more stupid than you appear, I don't think you will. With your leave, monsieur, I will lock this door. That's better. Now we can count on privacy.
0: So might I ask why you are here? To kill. A laudable ambition, I'm sure, but... Do you realize
1: what you have done to me? I believe
0: there were certain repercussions over that little affair of um, honor, if I may use the term.
1: You've ruined my career, my whole life. That's what you've done. I had a big future. I was Chauvelin's right-hand man. I was being talked of as his successor. Everyone knew me and respected my ability. Now... (laughs) <laughs> You've destroyed me with
0: ridicule. Uh, it can be a rather potent weapon, can't it? And so can a loaded pistol, monsieur. True, true. Of course, a lot depends on the hand that fires it. What do you mean? Yours is shaking, I notice. Ah, that's a lie. Ah, too much wine does make the hand unsteady, you know. It's, it's no good.
1: No good. Gentlemen, you wish to see prayers, you have five seconds.
0: Let us not be too hasty. Five seconds. One. Two. Three.
2: What? Uh, good Lord, he's killed himself.
0: Yes, Tony, I thought he might. You thought he might? But whatever do you mean? Lift his shoulder, rip, rip off his jacket. Ah. There. Good Lord. Yes, I saw it when we fought that girl, When my sword ripped through his sleeve on the left shoulder. A strawberry birthmark.
1: In a moment, Marius Goring returns as the Scarlet Pimpernel.
0: Some weeks later, at a reception in London, Tony and I saw the old general making his way across the room towards us. Uh, Percy, what are we going to tell you? Certainly not the truth. I know it'll break his heart. Pretend we've, we've not been able to find him, sir. Oh, son, Lord, eh? that wouldn't be fair either. He's entitled to know he's dead. Yes, I know, but not like that, not from disgust of himself by his ah. own hands. Monsieur! Oh. Oh. oh, my oh. dear general, uh, I regret to say that I... Uh, have news of your
1: son? Regret, Monsieur.
0: What do you mean? Oh, my friend uh, Tony found him in Paris. Yes, uh, d- did not you tell I did indeed. Uh, and he agreed to return with Tony to London. Uh, in fact, he was eager to. Uh, but before he could leave, he ran up against a man named Martino. That was right, Tony. Wasn't yes, uh, there was a fight, and my son was killed. Yes, sir. Fighting, glorious sir. to the end.
1: of Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring, is produced by Harry Allen Towers.